My message today is entitled, Is Your Tank Empty? Is it? It's been a long road for me, my wife as well, but it's been a long road of responding to a divine call on my life to be a bivocational pastor, working a full-time job as a public school teacher and also leading the congregation for many years. In whatever ways God has called me to do has been a journey, to say the least. I understand it's easier for all of you to say that I've only been a part-time pastor, but that's not accurate. I have given so much to my calling as a pastor throughout the day, throughout the night, waking up in the middle of the night, always talking with God, constantly multitasking, communicating with others through calls and emails and texts throughout the day, encouraging others, teaching people how to deal with conflict in God-glorifying ways, demonstrating humility, perseverance, and yet somehow still trying to find time for my wife and family. I've spent a lot of time building relationships with others so that we can carry the weight of ministry together. Pastors were never meant to carry the full weight of the church, but rather the body of Christ, working together as a family. But this takes constant effort and constant communication to do so. For me, ministry has been as much of a full-time job as my teaching job in the schools. And I have been honored to follow this calling, even though I have been judged by others at times for doing so. I've been told by pastors that I don't have enough faith to believe God for a full-time job in ministry. That's why I teach. I've been told by other Christians that it can't be done and it's not practical. I've been judged by my family who have accused me of showing off and just trying to do things to make them look bad. These are all true. I've been judged by many people who have not been called to walk the road that God has called me to walk on. All of us have been given a call, and the calling that God gave me was to be a bivocational pastor, to, to serve in the schools and to serve in the church. That's what God has called me to do. Believe me, I didn't say, hey, I want to have two jobs my whole life. But when God calls, we learn to answer his calling. It's not a road I sought after, but it's the one that God called me to do. For me, the schools have been my mission field. By God's grace, I was able to be his ambassador on the front lines in the classroom. How many know we need to have more Christians in the schools these days, in the public schools? God called me to be on the front lines in the classroom and in the school environment where students and teachers and staff and parents are in just as much need of Jesus as anyone else on this earth. And now that I'm retired, retiring from teaching in the classroom, and I'm waiting for my next mission to become more clear, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm tired. And yet all of you, no matter what road that you've been called to walk down as well, have experienced this feeling when the demands of life beat you down. Quite often there are unfair events that drain your energy. I don't think that only happens to me. But there's difficult trials that test your faith and your patience and stark realities of life that have 
you have no answers for. We are all called to carry the weight of our callings by the grace of God. We're to do so with grace. Yet this is no easy task, and we all have failed at times to do so. So what do you do when your tank is running on empty? How do you continue when every bone in your body is convincing you to quit and to give up? I'll tell you what you do, what I do. We go to the Word of God and we seek direction and healing from Him in His Word. And so as I look to God to fill my tank with His strength and with His understanding and His wisdom and grace and patience and love, I go to my Good Shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 1. You know this verse, this scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This, I will tell you, is more than just a beautiful saying. It's more than just a great memory verse. I have to know that he indeed is my shepherd. I have to understand what this means to me, then I have to accept it, and I have to commit to it with all my being. If he is going to lead me, I must be willing to follow. Now, I know my flesh does not always want to follow. Because we are human beings, we are a flesh that always wants to go the wrong way. Don't we? We always want to take a detour, the easy way around something, or we don't want to wait, or we, it doesn't want to follow. So I need to commit and say, Jesus, you're my shepherd, I will follow you, even though my flesh is going to pull me in opposite directions. If, if I don't commit to it with all my heart, if I don't commit to it at the beginning of the day when I know during the day I'm going to be tempted to, to pull aside, if I don't commit to it, I will grow weary. My tank will run dry. And I will have no one to blame but myself. I must know without a doubt that God alone is able to lead me to where He has called me to walk. If I would have looked back 20 or so years ago when God called me into the bivocational ministry, I don't know if I would have taken that walk. I could certainly cannot do it in my own strength, but if I trust God each and every day and obey Him, i got to believe that He's going to equip me to where He calls me to walk. The same thing with all of you. Maybe your ministry is with your family. And maybe you're going through difficult times, but where God calls you, He will equip you if you see Him continually as your good shepherd. If he is my shepherd, then I must trust his guidance and be willing to be at his side, whether he's on the move, whether he goes into unknown territory, or whether he's just content to sit for a time. I need to lay down my agenda and my expectations and my wants. And I need to trust that since God is the one who created me, since he oversaw the development of my unique personality and all its quirks and the life experiences that have shaped me up to this point, then God knows the best way to make me become more like him and accomplish his will in me. How many times do we think that we can help God? And God says, I know there's a part of you I need to put a little change, so I'm going to put you through a trial. I'm going to ordain your trials, and I know it's not fair, but I'm going to make sure that your heart is still good towards me during that trial, that you don't complain and try to fight things on your own. Will you still trust me through these trials in your life? 
God created me. He knows where he needs to bring me, and so I need to trust him if he's truly my good shepherd. I also know that God does not compromise himself or his word. I know this by lining up the promises of God's word. Now, you've heard me preach for a while if you've been to this church, and you know that I use a lot of scriptures. So I like, to me, that's proof that God, the entirety of God's word, word lines up with itself. So as we line up the truth of God, God continues to show that he is faithful. Isaiah 28, verse 10 says this, For precept must be upon precept, which means I can't just cherry-pick one scripture and base a whole doctrine or life application on it. All of the word must line up on itself. Precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. When we study God's word in context, meditating on each truth and each word, we learn what God seeks to give us, to heal us, to revive us, and to equip us on our continual journey with him. When we've been running on empty for too long, we need more than just a quick infusion of energy. Now, I've never tried them. Maybe some of you have, but now they sell those five-hour energy drinks. I can get like five cups of coffee and a little shot. Right? I want more than that. I need more than just I'm gonna. I need more than this. I'm gonna memorize this verse and go out and try to live my whole life in this world today. When we are running and empty, we need more than a quick infusion of energy. We need to be refreshed by spending concentrated time in His presence and in His Word and allowing Him to speak to us. There's power in what, when we're in His Word, but not just in his word, but when we come into agreement with his word and pray his word back to him. There's all kinds of prayers, but I want to talk about a, a way that we can really refill our tanks is by praying his word back to him. And the basis for this is in scripture. It's in Isaiah 55 verse 11. It says this, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God speaking to the prophet Isaiah. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. See, God even says that his word is going to return to him. But when it returns to him, he said it's not going to return to me void, which means empty. The way that God's word returns to him is when we pray his word back to him. For when we do this, the word accomplishes what God intends it to do. Then his word prospers and the thing for which he sends, sends it. Because what's happened is we are coming into agreement with this word. So think of this. God sends his word out and his word's going to come back. But when we join to it, it comes back with our prayers and our agreement. comes back to God himself. What does this look like or what does it sound like? It's simple. Instead of just reading a passage that resonates with your soul, try once in a while speaking it to God in thanksgiving to demonstrate that you are coming into agreement with his will. Like this. Thank you, God, that you are my shepherd. Thank you that you lead me through many dangers, toils, and snares. Thank, me that, thank you that you've given me a peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you that you give me a faith that moves mountains. Thank you that you give me a love that never fails. 
Thank You that You give me the strength to stand, the grace to fall, and the promise to be forgiven and restored. Thank You that You never leave me nor forsake me. Thank You for giving me the faith to believe that You are the Lord and that You allow me to call You my Father into all eternity. Amen? There's power when we use our words. We're coming into agreement. This is what God has already spoken about us. Sometimes we need to speak that just to our own flesh as well, but when we say it to God, it does not return to Him void and it accomplishes the things that God sent it to do. Prayers like this take the power of the Word and they turn them into personal love letters from us to God, our Father, so that we can receive all that He intends us to receive. There's times when we are feeling like we're empty. We're waiting to be filled. But with the, the, the power, the, the Bible says that the Word is the living Word of God. It's alive. Not just a story of the great disciples or the great people of God. Jesus is the Word. And we pray that and, and bring that into our hearts. It infuses us with God's energy. That staying power to fill our tanks. When we pray His Word back to Him, we give God the opportunity to fill our tanks and to heal us, and to revive us, and to have, so that we can continue on in His will for our lives. Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. When God leads us in a time of refilling our tanks, He teaches us to rest in Him and also in His beauty that He created. How blessed we are to be up here in an area where we can see God's beauty all around us. Amen? But we must be intentional about pursuing these quiet times so that we can appreciate the still waters. Too much noise and hustle and bustle drowns out the beauty that God has placed around us. If God is truly our shepherd, then we need to let go of excuses that we don't have the time to rest or time to stop and enjoy what God has put all around us. Now it doesn't say, it does not say that God asks us to lie down, but rather that He makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside still waters. And if He leads, we must follow, for He is our shepherd. Sometimes this means that we sacrifice sleep to get up in the middle of the night and spend time in meditation to His Word. To allow God to speak to us and have us just listen. Prayer does not have to be us talking. It can be just listening to God. If prayer is always us talking and always us asking, then we miss the opportunity for God to speak peace into our lives. Ezekiel was a great prophet of God, and Ezekiel took the time to get a vision from God and a, a word from God. And this was his experience in Ezekiel 43, verse 2. It says, And behold, the glory of God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. What a revelation by just taking time to receive that from God. We too must listen and take time to hear from the Lord the sound of many waters and allow His glory to cover us and to bring peace in our lives. 
Psalm 23, verse 3. First part says, He restores my soul. Time in the Lord cannot be rushed. I know we all have schedules and responsibilities, but we must always be seeking to hear His voice. For it is in those times of listening for that voice of many waters where He truly restores our soul. This brings us to another truth in how God restores our soul. If He is truly our Good Shepherd, then we must understand that He leads us in ways and down paths that restore us, which means He picks the paths that restore us. What I mean is that sometimes God uses nature to restore us. Praise God for that. But sometimes He uses mundane events. I know people have grown, I know you might not believe me, but I know people have grown close to the Lord while doing the dishes. Or doing mundane events that you do a hundred times without thinking, but just spending time without talking and just letting God speak His Word to you. He has a way of restoring your soul. Sometimes God uses people to do the restoring. However, if we're not careful, we only see the actions or the talents of others and never stop to think that it was God that designed that person's gift to be a blessing to restore you in a way to draw you closer to Him. It's truly by God's design that His kingdom works the way it does, continually serving one another, each sharing our own gifts and time to bring healing and foster unity and bring all of us closer to Jesus. Second part of Psalm 23, verse 3. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Sometimes we grow tired and our tanks run dry because of the long trials we much endure. We, we, we endure. Everything in our flesh and in our mind tells us that life is not fair. Guess what? It's not fair. Everything tells us that life is too much to handle. Yet as our shepherd, he reminds us that the paths through which we must walk are paths of righteousness, listen to this, to accomplish God's will. It's not always going to accomplish what we want to accomplish because God's will is above our will. And so things are not always going to make sense. They're not always going to be fair. But they are accomplishing God's will. And so God allows us to go down these paths to accomplish his will even when we don't understand it, even when we don't see value in it, God is accomplishing great things through our obedience and us trusting Him. Whenever we're tempted to think that our job is too difficult or too impossible or too unjust or too tiring, we must remember God's job. We so often Forget that God has an almost an impossible job. What I mean is this. Philippians 1.6 says that we are to be confident of this very thing that He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We're told to be confident of this promise that God is the one who began the good work in us and He is the one also who will complete it until the time that Jesus Christ begins His reign in eternity. God made a promise to us 
to make us become more like Jesus. Now, I don't know about any of you, but just speaking for myself and my life, that's no easy task. To make me become like Jesus. I messed up. I got a lot of problems. I got quirks. I have all this stuff going on. I'm, I'm just speaking myself right now. God's going to take me and make me become more like Jesus. How is that going to happen? And I think life is too unfair. I think life is too difficult. God's job is way harder than mine. God has to take all of us in the situations we're in and, and continually make us become more like Jesus. There are times when I get tired, when I get whiny, when I complain too much. There are times when I react too quickly instead of taking time to process and pray. There's times that I dwell too much on the injustice instead of immediately believing that God has all things in control. There are times when I don't persevere long enough. And times when I begin to justify why I deserve a break and why I deserve to satisfy the desires of my flesh. I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks like this or is tempted like this. Just speaking for me, I know that God's job is way more difficult than mine. And that's just one life, one life. He has billions that he's working on at all times. Right? Now you think your life's unfair, it's too difficult? God has an impossible job. But he has already committed to it. And he just asks us to follow him and to trust him without second-guessing everything that doesn't make sense to us. So who am I to complain? Surely I desire to be completed in Christ. Right now, Jesus, people are saying, when's God coming back? You know what the Bible says? is right now the bride of Christ, which is the body of Christ, which is the church, is getting itself ready so that when he comes back, he's coming back for his bride who's taking the time to get herself ready. That's why we talk about repentance and getting better and coming back to God and asking for forgiveness and, and extending grace to others because we're getting ourselves ready like a bride gets herself ready for that ultimate wedding day. Jesus is coming back and he wants us to continue to get ready and we only do that by trusting him as our good shepherd. Coming to this revelation has a way of filling my tank that God's working on me to make me become more like Jesus. Even though I can be stubborn at times and don't learn the first time. That's a great revelation that God is still working on me. It tells me that God thinks so much of me and so much of all of you that He desires not to give up on any one of us. He desires to complete each and every one of us. Thanking God for completing His work in me helps fill up my tank. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, though we walk through very trying times, through danger and threats from all sides, if God is truly our shepherd, we must know that we never walk alone. He's always with us. He's always leading us with His truth and comforting us with His grace. Verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
See, no matter what comes against us, we must know that God takes the hit even before it comes to us because He's always with us. In the midst of our trials and persecution, God is there. Whether you can feel Him or sense Him or not, God is always there. And all His blessings are always at our disposal if we truly see Him as our Good Shepherd. He sets the table before us in the midst of our trials. It's all right here in His Word. He reminds us of that peace that surpasses all understanding. God, I don't understand it, but I know when I trust You, You're going to give me that peace. God, I know when I go through difficult times, if I spend time in Your Word, You're going to give me that faith that moves mountains. That's what Your Word says. And God, I know that You said something about love that's, that's available to us. If I walk by the Spirit and understand the love You've given me, I can extend that same love to others. What kind of love is that? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. God says His love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't want other things that people have because I'm a content being a child of God. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others to try to get a leg up. I'm content with where I'm at. God's love is not self-seeking. You understand that when you do self-seek, you get offended. We were just talking in our Bible study this morning that the goal of all Christians, I know it seems impossible, but the goal is to have an unoffendable heart. Which means no one from this world can take something away from you. They can't take away that joy from you because you've completely committed to God. He's your good shepherd and you shall not want. And so in order to do that, we need to say I'm not self-seeking. I believe that when I'm trusting God, God's going to give me what I need. His love is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. I think it's something that we all continually need to do as we continue to commit to God, to making us more like Jesus, is to keep no record of wrongs. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. That's what God's Word says about me, and that's what He wants us to extend to others as well. These truths in His Word are always available to us. Notice that that God says that He sets a tail before us in the presence of our enemies which means He has all these tools before us in front of our enemies. We should not fret. We should not be so offended and so off-kilter when God says, I've given you my grace, just use it. I've given you my love, receive my forgiveness, now extend it to others. Instead of holding on to the fears of this world, we simply need to reach out and take hold of everything the Lord has given us. Psalm 23, second part of verse 5. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God has anointed each of us to walk in His power and His calling. But listen, He never expects any of us to walk in our own strength. Though our mind will tempt us to quit, we must continue to remind one another that we all have been anointed by the King of the universe to walk this road with Him. If our tanks are running empty, 
then the most important responsibility we have is to make sure that our cups are running over before we continue. And I will tell you that many people, especially people in ministry, don't do this. But before we can continue our cups, we have to believe and come into agreement with His Word and apply it to our lives that our cups are running over. The reason why we get burnt out to begin to dwell too much on injustice and stress is because we have not filled our cups with God's truth. If we have nothing left in our tanks, then when we give to others, we're giving out of our lack because our cups are empty. That's why we get burned out and feel that we're stretched too thin. If we take the time to fill our own cups by spending time in His presence, by meditating on His Word, and by coming into agreement with His Word in prayers of thanksgiving, by being open to His voice to speak to us at all times where we just listen, then our cups will begin to overflow. We spent time in His presence, not asking for things, just receiving from Him for us. Do you know it's out of that overflow that we pour into other people's lives? It's out of the overflow that we meet the needs of those around us. We give of the overflow. Listen, it's not selfish for you to fill your own cup. You fill your own cup with God so that you can give God to others. If not, you're giving yourself and your hurts and your resentment to others. While we spend time in worship, just letting God fill up our cups so that He can strengthen us and flow through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time for all of us to surrender our empty tanks and empty cups to God so that He can fill us with more of Him. For this is the promise of spending time in His presence. Listen to what God says in Psalm 16, verse 11. As Dave is, is, is speaking this to God. You make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. As we spend time in God's presence, God's going to fill us up with His joy. Then it's that joy that we share with others. He fills us with His love, and we share that love with others. He forgives us, and we forgive others. He extends grace to us, and we extend grace to others. That's how the body of Christ works, through the Holy Spirit. Time for all of us to be filled. God is ever faithful. Never once has He left us on our own. Let Him remind each of us of His promise to restore us and complete us in whatever way He sees fit. For He is our shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 6, last verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're at home when we are with God. Let us spend time in His presence and let, us, let Him fill each of us right now.